Hey, another praise report. It's kind of a sad, you know. Um, you know, Jane Frisbee, we, we prayed for her. She's been our bookkeeper for the last three years. Um, on Sunday, uh, somebody came up and says, I think I'm supposed to help out with that. And then on Thursday, so we had her come in the office on Thursday, and we had somebody else come. And so now we have two ladies who are stepping in to fill, the, fill uh, Jane's role as the bookkeeper in the church. And I am really blessed about that. So I want to thank Felicia and Lorna both. And, and you know, God is, God is good. God is good. Okay. Are you ready to end the book of Joshua? We're going to finally end this book. We're going to do two chapters in one. And, uh, and so we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. I thought about doing, doing two weeks, but really the, the two chapters tie in together. And I, I, my prayer has been that you have, have grown as we've walked through the book of Joshua, that, that in a lot of ways, not that one, that you've learned things that you maybe didn't know before about the Bible. Two, that you uh, began to get a, a, a different habit of reading the Bible and asking more questions, trying to study yourself, looking uh, why things are written there, realizing that there is a lot more hidden the Bible that's not really hidden, but if we'll spend more time, that God will reveal it to us. I pray that as we've come through this book, that your walk with the Lord has been strengthened, that you've been challenged, and that you, as, as we say here, are growing closer to Jesus. This is the wonderful thing about Christianity. It doesn't matter where you are. God's grace is there to meet us where we're at. He doesn't reject anyone. He just says, follow me. And he'll meet us where we're at, and he'll walk with us in the journey. And he doesn't condemn us because we, we have more flaws or less flaws. He doesn't condemn us because we, we haven't learned, a, learned something yet. He just says, follow me. And he knows how to gently lead each of us sheep. And, uh, you know, I love that analogy. We are the sheep, and we need a shepherd. And so as we, we go into the last two chapters of Joshua this morning, uh, chapters 23 and 24, hope you, I actually hope you've, you've read them. And if you read them, you have discovered that they sound very familiar. And if you read them quickly, you said this is one big, long farewell speech of Joshua. Let's set the, set the time. Joshua is about to die. This is the end of his life. He's 110 years old. This is about um, seven years after they dispersed all the land, uh, 14 years about into um, crossing over into the promised land. So there's been peace for a while. Joshua has been in his hometown. He's been receiving his inheritance as all the Israelites are. It's coming to the end of his life, and he calls together the leaders of Israel to talk to them one last time. Chapter 23 and chapter 24 are really two speeches. We don't know how far they are uh, apart, whether it's a, a couple of days or a couple of weeks. We know it's not long. It's a very short amount of time between the two speeches. Um, some people do say maybe they were the same speech. Um, I, most of us disagree with that. Uh, the, the area of the first one, the, the first speech, chapter 23, we believe is in Shiloh, which is the place of the tabernacle now. The tabernacle is set up in Shiloh, and it starts on chapter 23. I'm not going to read two chapters. Don't worry about it. But we'll read a few, few little pieces here. It came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for Israel their elders, the heads, their judges, and their officers, and said to them, 
I am old and advanced in age. Kind of funny how that does that. You've seen all that the Lord your God has done, all these nations, because of you, for the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. And he begins chapter 23 talking to the heads of Israel there in Shiloh about what God has done for them in bringing them into the promised land. And so he's just rehearsing everything that God had done. And, and that's pretty much what chapter 23 is, and it's pretty short. Um, he, he rehearses it. Then in chapter 24, it says that he's in Shechem. And, and Shechem is the place that Joshua in chapter 8 gave the charge to Israel in the, be in the beginning of, of the book of Joshua in chapter 8. And he's basically going to say the same things again that he said in chapter 8. He also is reiterating what Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Basically, it's a charge to them. So in, in chapter 23, Joshua talks about what God has done specifically for them in this last 14 years of their life, how they've conquered, and they went in, they took the promised land, and they've, they, they've got their inheritance, how God was faithful. Chapter 24, he actually goes all the way back and talks about their whole history and says, I want to talk to you about what God has done for you as a people. Even before you, and he talks about Abraham and Jacob and, and Moses and coming out, you know, the time in Egypt, and he does an overview all the way through, through um, what, what God had done in general. And so this morning, um, I want to kind of talk about this. That if I actually titled my message, which I don't do very often. The title of today's message is, The Choice is Yours. Isn't that great that we have a choice? This is the country that we always want a choice. We, we pride ourselves in always you know, being able to choose what we want. In fact, the, the, nearly the collapse of, of uh, Ford was because he didn't want to give people a choice. Some of you remember that, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> but when Henry, <laughs> when Henry Ford in, was, was selling the original car, he made it in one color black you could and and, and his his people in, in the in the, you know in the industry that worked for him and he was the only motor company Ford Motor Company and you know that was doing anything significant says listen the people want a choice that you know you need to make it in a different color and he said something to the effect of listen they can have it they have a choice they can have it in black or they can have it in black and, and he actually didn't make another color, and some of the other motor companies actually started making cars in other colors, and their business started going to these other people because we want a choice, right? You go to the menu, goodness gracious, you go to the fast food or anywhere else, and there's choices galore. Uh, you go to the cereal aisle. We have a funny story in, in, about the cereal aisle. When we were living in Guatemala, the store we shopped at, the cereal aisle was about this long. You know, and there was like three, three cereals, four cereals or something. And we came back to visit. And we were up, up north visiting Shannon's parents. And, and uh, Grandpa took uh, Zach to the, to the grocery store. Well, Zach was, he was two when we left here. So he spent three years in Guatemala. And, and they walk into the cereal aisle. And I kid you not, Zach, eyes get this big. And he's running up and down the aisle going, look at all these cereals. <laughs> you know. There was, he was inundated with choices. 
And so this morning, this morning, this, the, the message is the choice is yours. And one of the most, fam- one of the most famous verses in Joshua is, is a verse that probably most of us in here have heard, might not know that it's in the book of Joshua. It's Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And there's a little bit before, but this is the part we, we know. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's fa- familiar to some of you? Right, as for me and my house, that's, that's found in Joshua chapter 24. I'm going to read the whole context, or not the context, but I'm just going to read the whole verse so we kind of see what Joshua was doing. I'm going to tell you what he was doing here. Um, I'll tell you first. Joshua rehearses what God has done for, in a sense, personally. Then he says, let me tell you what God has done corporately. Then he begins to go on and say, yeah, he's actually a pretty good speaker because he kind of starts saying, you know, you really probably can't even follow God. If you read, you'll kind of see that in there. You probably can't do it. He says, but listen, if, if you want to serve God, which you probably can't, um, you need to not intermarry. You need to do these things, and, he, and you need to serve the Lord. And verse 15 in chapter 24 says, If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. Now, he's already talked about all the good things that God has done. He says, If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose to whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell now. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then they, and then they go on and they, and they make a commitment. They say, the people had said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. The Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And, and they kind of rehearse this in verse 19. In verse 18 it says, So we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua in verse 19 says, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people replied, no, but we will serve the Lord. And he goes, gotcha. You are witnesses that you have done this. And he, and he builds an altar and it calls the altar witness. He says, you're a witness to yourself. This rock is a witness that you have said, we will serve the Lord. Now, in this process, Joshua's laid out saying, listen, if you're going to do this, you need to not intermarry. You need to do all the things that, that Moses originally told him. Remember, we talked about this earlier in our walk through the book of Joshua. The, the reason they had to completely annihilate everyone was because the other gods were going to be a snare and they were going to bring the people away from serving God. And as we've walked through the book of Joshua, we found out that they did not utterly destroy all the other people groups. In fact, already here in, in chapter 23, Joshua says, he mentions that they're, they're already in the land, they're already intermarrying, and he's like, you're already doing it, you've got to stop. You've got to be separate. You've got to love God. You've got to serve God. And so, so this morning as we, we talk about this, I get, there's a, just a, f- a few points we want to do. And, and the first is, is being is that the choice is yours, is that in order to make the choice, and we have choices all the time, 
You know, this morning you woke up, you chose, if you ate, you chose what to eat, you chose what to wear, you might have chose what car to drive, you chose what time you would arrive. Some of you chose to arrive early, some of you chose to arrive on time, some of you let your wives choose. You know, and, and, and she's maybe makeup took longer than you thought, or, you know, some of you said, I choose to not be, come for the music party. You know, right, we're full of choices this morning. We're full of choices. And, and so in order to make a choice, Joshua is doing something here. And the first part is that he's going to rehearse what happened in the past, to try to remember the things. And when you're, when you're faced with any type of choice in your life, it's actually important to, to remember, to go back, to see if there's any connection in this choice. And as we're talking about today, choosing to serve the Lord. We need to, to, to not just make the choice right now. We need to go back and remember all the things that have happened, what God has done. And so Joshua takes them on this journey. Before I ask you to make a choice whether you want to serve God or not. Let's talk about what he has done. Let's talk about what he's done. And, he, and, he, and then he, he does something that's actually really important for us to understand. He does two things. He says, let's talk about what God has done for you. Well, at any moment in our Christian experience, if we only take what God has done for me, we might say, not much lately. I'm just being real, right? You ever have those moments where you're just in it and you go, I, I, you know, they say, well, the bird in the hand is better than what it is. I don't have a bush. I don't have a bird. I've got nothing. Where is God? And I've, I've, I've been there. And we go, if I, if I could, I don't even know if I can rehearse what God has done for me. So he, he does that, but then he also includes what has God done for the whole land? And I can say, man, I can see the goodness of God. I mean, the biggest thing, of course, is he saved me. And I know that he saved me. But he didn't just save me. He saved the world. He died for the sins of the whole world. And so Joshua kind of takes him on this thing. And it's important for us to say, when we are in this, this, this moment of choosing whether we're going to serve God or not, don't just look at today, but begin to rehearse what God has done for you and then what God has done for mankind. So, so, right? Is that okay? So we want to rehearse. One of the ways we can rehearse is talk about it with others. Talk about what God has done. Listen to other people's stories. Listen to their testimonies. Begin to rehearse those things because it's going to help you to understand that God is alive. And you might be able to rejoice with others and you can see his hand. Um, other people also can say, hey, I know you don't feel like God has done anything for you, but remember the time. Have you ever had that experience? And you go... Yeah, I do now. I remember the time. Because God has shown himself, if you've walked with the Lord for any length of time, God has shown himself to you. But just like in a lot of relationships, and kind of think of a marriage. You know, when you're having a really rough spot in your marriage, you kind of look back and you go, it's, it's, all, it's always been bad. It's all bad. And you need somebody else to sometimes come along and say, no, it wasn't. I mean, you, you married the person for a reason, and you celebrated, remember? And, and so it's good to have somebody rehearse with you what, what, what was good, what happened. An, another great thing that we can do is write and then read your journals. You know, you know, when God does things, if you've written them down, or, you know, you can go back and look at them and rehearse those things and say, wow, answered prayer, remember the story or the account of a, a woman of God who, 
who just served the Lord her whole life. When she died, they came across her Bible. And in the columns of the Bible, there was T and P, T and P, next all up and down the columns. And they didn't know until finally so one of the people who, who knew her a little better says, oh, this is, this was, these were promises. And the T stood for tested, and the P stood for proved. And so there were T's and then P's right afterwards. I tested this, and I proved it. I tested this, and I proved it. God's word is true because he shows himself faithful to us. Writing some type of thing in, in a journal or, uh, you know, is a wonderful way to bring those be able to rehearse them later. Another way to rehearse and remember what God has done for other people is to read books of, of testimonies. You know, watch TBN with the, or CBN. CBN is the one who really does a good, good job of all the testimonies that God has done for people. And reading books, and you say, wow, God, you have been faithful. You've been faithful. Now, now, when we're in a tough spot, sometimes that almost makes it harder for us because, okay, well, yeah, God loves everyone else, but and that's why we're supposed to be in the body of Christ, because we need people to help us to get through those moments. So we go and rehearse. We remember. Uh, you know, I, I put a couple of, I was like, okay, you know, when, you, when you're preaching, when you're talking, you try to do something to help people remember. So we'll call it recall and re recollect, because they have the C sounds in there. The next one is contemplate, to consider. You want to contemplate your decision and consider it. And we do this all the time. Is this a good idea? Do I want to buy a new car? Do I not want to buy a new car? And we begin to consider and contemplate. We've checked over the past if there is anything, and we're talking about serving the Lord today. So is this a good idea to serve the Lord? Joshua brings that point right up in 2415. Yeah, if it seems right to you, if it doesn't, serve someone else. So you're going to consider. We're going we're gonna to contemplate. Is it worth it? I'll tell you when, you, when you follow Christ, it's actually a decision that needs to be made because Jesus himself says, when I call a man, I call him, come and die. It's not an easy walk. It's not an easy thing. There's actually a choice that's being made. When Jesus said, and most of us in here uh, that are saved and have read the Bible a little bit know that there's a verse in there that says, um, Jesus told his disciples, pick up your cross and follow me. In the context, it's a lot heavier than it is for us today. You know, I mean, for us, it's almost like, do I just mean I get to wear a cross on my neck or something? What's that? They didn't even know what the cross was yet. The only example they knew what the cross was when they saw criminals being killed for their crime. And probably they were walking right by the hill, didn't know that Jesus was going to go to the cross, saw these criminals getting beaten and crucified, and Jesus said, you pick up your cross and follow me. And I don't want to do that. And then when Christ died and carried the cross and he had love, it became even more, I'm supposed to do that? So, so we have to contemplate, is it worth it? Is it worth it? What are the pros and cons? Well, there's, there, there are some pros and cons. You, Joshua really lays it out so simply, there's only one right answer. You've you got to serve God. But we, we begin to, to wait out, and sometimes you can say, well, I can serve myself, or I can serve God. And what are the pros? You know, the, what are the pros? Well, you know, if I serve myself, I, maybe I'll make more money because I can be deceitful and whatever. I don't know what they all might, might all be. What, what am I going to serve God? Well, some, there's a lot of blessings here, but there's also some, some difficulties. In other countries, there's a lot more difficulties than there are for us as, as serving the Lord. I believe the time is coming when we'll have a lot more difficulties in serving God. Um, they're already happening. You can be anything you want and talk about anything you want today. 
as long as it's not Christian. You can be a Muslim. You can be divergent. You can just have divergent. Anything you want. Oh, but don't talk about God. Don't talk about Jesus. Most of the time, the choice is simple when we get down to it and we realize who God is. Um, but sometimes carrying out that choice isn't easy. But God will always walk with us. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He says, I'll take your burden, you take mine. And he says, follow me and we'll walk together. Um, Psalm 144 says it this way. David says, praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. When we walk with God, He trains our hands for war. He strengthens us. And we say, I'm going to follow you because you promise to never leave me or forsake me. You said you will make me the head and not the tail. You said that you'll give me a land of, of milk and honey, which is heaven waiting for us. He says that, that all of our, our, our answers are yes in Jesus. And so we, but we have to con contemplate and consider. It's actually important to do this step as, as you're walking with the Lord because you want to really make a wise decision and following the Lord. Baptism in the, in the New Testament happened immediately at salvation. And often in the church, it, it follows salvation by some time. In fact, we really we need to have a baptism here. I'm sure there's a number of you who need to be baptized. So we'll be scheduling one and have some talk. We'll have some classes to help you understand what baptism is. But one of the things that baptism is, is, is a public profession of your faith. And, and it's a way of telling the world, I am going to follow Jesus. And it's supposed to have some bearing and weight of saying, you know, this isn't just a flippant, flippant choice. It's very sad, I think, in the church today that we wait so long for baptism. But, but I think the reason is this. We're kind of flippant. We choose this, and then we, we do this, and, you know, I'm not going to do a, a, a hands-up thing, but, but you know, you, you can maybe laugh to yourself or laugh, laugh inwardly about some of the people you know. Let's talk Amway, Melaleuca, the phone thing, Nashika 3D cameras. You know what? These are all multi-level marketing schemes. Uh, you, you know, what's the, the vitamin one that was a big one, you know, years back? All these things, and some of us, Shackley, right? There you go. Oh, I can do this. This, this is it. This is well. No, this is it. This is this is it. Well, this might be it. And we've done all these things, and we try for a little while, and you know, and, and you go, oh my goodness, why? Because we're kind of flippant. We're always looking for things. And so, so today, it's like better to wait for baptism. It's like, are you sure you want to be a Christian? You, are you sure? Let's really make this. The reason they did it right then is because becoming a Christian in the early days was to turn your back on a lot. And at times would mean you'd be disowned. And in other countries, in other countries, Muslim, specifically Muslim countries, when you're baptized is actually the moment that they cut you off. They'll sometimes even let you become a Christian but when you get baptized because they know that it's, that's the real deal. So it's important for us to consider and make choices as Joshua did. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So you've, you've rehearsed, you've, you've recalled what God's done in your life, you've contemplated and considered making this decision. Now it's time to actually choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord.
When you fail to make a choice, you still make one. When you fail to make a choice, you still make one. Unfortunately, what some people, and, and I find myself fighting this, this is my personality, we do this thing going, you know, I think I'm just going to wait. I don't know which one to choose. So I'm just going to wait. And sometimes we actually know that if we wait long enough, the choice will be made for us or the options will expire. And then we can say, oh, bummer, I missed it. But in the back of our minds, we're saying, I'm so thankful I missed it. I just didn't know which one to choose. Some of you are laughing inwardly going, oh, Lord, that's me. When you fail to make a choice, you still make one. If we can get that and say, you know what, I'm going to start being proactive and I'm going to start making my choice. And choose you this day whom you serve. If you choose not to serve him, you are making a choice. You're making a choice. Jesus said it simply, if you're not for me, you're against me. There's no neutral ground. So we have to make a choice. Um, Deuteronomy 30, and this is now Deuteronomy again, was where Moses was, was talking to the people. Again, very similar to what Joshua is. And he says this, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. You've got to make a choice. You have to make a choice. The, the famous poet Robert Zimmerman. Some of you might know who he is. He said this, you're going to have to serve somebody. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan made a choice and he became a Christian. Back in the, back in the I think it was in the 80s. And then I think he made another choice and became not a Christian. I don't know exactly what he did. He made a choice. But, it, but the, his lyrics were, he says, you have to serve somebody. Doesn't matter who you are. You have to serve somebody. You have to choose to serve someone. All of us in here, we have to make a choice what we're going to do. It might be the devil. It might be the Lord. It might be the gods of the new country or the, gods that we, the God that we served on the other side, Jehovah God. But we have to choose. Now, in this process, I want to I say this. He doesn't say, choose whom you're going to love. Choose whom you're going to respect, and idolize, and like on Facebook. He says, choose who you will serve. That's, this is, that's a pretty heavy word. See, following God is not just a decision that we go, yeah, I kind of line up with these guys over here. I kind of line up with these guys over here. In fact, this morning, we honored those who served in the military. All of us Supported, most of us supported that. Wow, what? That is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for your service. That's not what God is calling us to be. He's not calling us to go, thank you for serving God. Missionaries, thank you for serving God. I think that's wonderful. 
I, I, over all the things in life, I think serving God is better than these things over here, and I applaud that. He actually says to us, no, 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 you don't understand. I want you to serve. And we all swallow hard. Because, you know, some of those pictures, now this was a fun video, but, you know, I mean, you know, Josh Bailey was one of them. You know, he jumped out of planes, you know, that was his, what he did in the military. Some of them were on the front lines. They did, when you serve, you're actually involved. You're in it. You're not on the sidelines going, I really respect that decision. So when we're talking, when Josh was saying, who will you serve? He's not saying, will you just kind of be a, you know, a person who follows and, and agrees with He says, you're going to serve God. By not serving God, we're serving the devil. The man, if we're good, he calls us. He says, listen, this is, this is a proactive moment. If any of you have ever tried to lose weight or worked out or had a sport that you did, if any of you have a play an instrument, you'll, you'll really get a hold of this, this example there's, there's this spectrum of, of losing your skills, maintaining, and growing. And, and for, for physical fitness, they say, you need to walk three days a week, about 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, to maintain. Right? You've heard that. And most of us go, I'm not even maintaining. You need to do that to maintain. That's not, that's not losing weight. That's not gaining anything. If you want to maintain your muscle, especially once you, you, know, you hit 25, it actually goes, goes, begins to go downhill at like 25 years old. And if by 40, 45 years old, you are losing muscle mass. And as you go along in your life later, you're losing muscle mass almost faster than you can keep up with it, even if you're working out. See, when we're serving the Lord, maintenance is, is really not what we want to do. We want to actually grow. We want to grow. We want to push ourselves. We, we want to say, listen, I'm, I'm in this, and, and maintenance actually is, is work. Maintenance is work. If you're sitting back saying, I'm a Christian and doing nothing, you're not maintaining. You're losing your skill. You're, you're dying. You're going backwards. We want to be people who move forward. Amen? And that's the fourth part is, is that after we have, have rehearsed the past, after we've recalled the past, after we have contemplated the decision, we've made our choice, now it's time to carry on. Now it's time to continue in the choice that we make. And this is where we don't just get to sit and say, you know, I read the Bible when I first got saved. It was great. And now I do, you know, I, I read the daily bread occasionally and, and I'm good and I go to church and that's enough. He says, no, what, what, what he's calling us to move forward and continue to serve him and making a choice that says, I'm going to continue to get these things outside of my life. The things that God doesn't want me to do. It's not a one-time deal. Throughout our lives, Continue to have to make decisions. Continually choosing life, choosing God, being in the Word, you know, continually so that we even know what decisions to make. I believe if, if we were in a, in a group of people, uh, that we could, a smaller group, we could talk about these things and say, you know, have, has anything crept back into your life that you got rid of at one point in your Christian walk, but as time has gone on, you've let it come back in? 
And I think a, a lot of us in here would say, well, even if it wasn't today, but we've gone through that saying, yeah, that's, that's happened to me. Well, why? Because we weren't vigilant. We weren't continuing to grow. We weren't continuing to allow God to take us on this continual path. And that's what happens as we go into, the, we're not going to go through the book of Judges right away, but when you go into the book of Judges, you find out that all of this land, everything that they did serving the Lord, they, as soon as Joshua dies, a couple people die, they start going back and, and getting themselves in trouble again because they weren't diligent to continue to follow the Lord. You know, we sing a song, Restore to me the joy of of, of my, we, we, we sing my salvation. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Uh, many times in my walk, I'm like, Lord, what happened to the joy? I wish I could go back. And we have to go and fight to have that walk, but we need to go, make sure that we're fighting and saying, I want to know you fresh today. I want to keep growing. I can't live on yesterday's manna. I can't live on what I did yesterday or when I first got saved. I need to continue to press forward into what the, th of the things that God has for me. We don't ever get to stop. We either grow or we shrink. We've got to keep the first things first. The biggest things. If you heard the analogy of the biggest rocks, a, a professor was in a college and he put up a big fish tank right in the front and you can picture a big empty fish tank. And he says, okay, we're going to do this. And he, and he, we're going to do an experiment. And he put a whole bunch of big rocks in this fish tank and, and it, until, until the rocks are just like kind of coming out just a little bit. And he says, is it full? And they said, yeah. So he picked up a bucket full of three-quarter rock started putting that in there and it sunk down and filled some of the cracks. And he goes, is it full? And they started, no. So he brought up, you know, he brought up sand. He began to fill it up with sand until the sand was at the very top. And he asked one more time, full? And they said, no. He said, what, what can I, he says, you can add water now. Right? And he added water and it just every, now there was no more room. And, and he simply says, so what's the point of this analogy? And a lot of people, classes says, there's always room for more. What an American idea. <laughs> there's always room for more. And he says, no. If you don't put in the big rocks first, you'll never get them in. What is your big rock? What are you putting in your life first? Are you putting in the things of God? Saying these things are important. You know, I want to put in the things of God. I want to put in my family. I want to put in integrity. I want to put in these things that God calls me. Are we putting in all the superfluous things going in there? I'm going to fill up my life. We got to put the first things in first. Got not get distracted. Keep our eye on the ball. Keep our eye on the prize. Athletes win the prize because they know what they're shooting for. They train for it, and they keep their eye on it all the time. We have to continue and carry on. I just thought of the song. Some of you already thought of this song by Kansas. Carry on, my wayward son. Now, here's a newsflash for some of you. That was a Christian song. Terry Livgren got saved while he was in Kansas. And, and actually tried to get the whole band. And he wrote that. That was his testimony song. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be strength. There'll be peace when you are done. Church, we have to carry on. 
We have to continue. Wherever you're at today, choose this day who you're going to serve. Now, you don't have to change your life. You just choose, God, I'm going to serve you. And God will tell you what he wants you to do. Because as we talked about at the beginning of service, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to do anything on our own, but we do have to make the choice and then follow God wherever he leads us. But he doesn't do it. He doesn't leave us alone. He says, I'll fill you. I'll walk with you. I'll carry you. You take my yoke upon you, but follow me. Choose me. So wherever you're at today, whether you're a new Christian, you've, you've never accepted the Lord, or you've been a, you know, you're a, a saint, a silver saint, you've been saved almost your whole life, we choose again. Lord, I'm going to follow you today. What do you, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? I choose to serve the Lord now, and I'm going to continue. I'm going to carry on, because I've contemplated what the world has. It has Nothing, nothing, nothing for me. I choose you. Let's stand. This is the moment we're going to choose. And we don't do this often. I probably should do it more often. And, and we'll, we'll close our eyes in here. God's watching. If you need to choose to serve the Lord today, you just know that things maybe have crept back in. There's things that you just know that God would not have in your life. That maybe you've put the wrong rock inside of the fish tank. And today you're saying... I want to choose life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to raise your hand to the Lord and tell him, God, that's me. Father, with our hands raised today, we make a choice. We've seen what the world has to offer, and we know what you gave us and what you came to bring. We choose life. We choose you. We choose to serve you. God, now, after this, we need your help because we can't do this on your own. Father, come in. Strengthen us. Speak to us. Lead us. Help us to continue on in a choice to serve and follow you. God, cause us to die to ourselves each and every new day. Lord, we thank you that your word promises that your mercies are new every morning. And if I fail today, that tomorrow morning, I can wake up and say, Lord, I choose you today. Receive me, forgive me, cleanse me, and take me. I am yours. We commit our lives afresh to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you were here this morning and you says, I just did that, but I've never done that, and I don't know what that entails. I want to give my life to God. I, I encourage you to come down, and, and I'll talk to you a little bit further. If you've never committed your life to God, but you said, that's what I, I think I just did, but I, I want to know what that means. As we dismiss and fellowship with one another and begin to go and wrap the Christmas boxes, things next door, and eat Tom's wonderful kielbasa soup, um, we'll come and pray together and, and make sure you, you fellowship, love one another. Amen.